The following Hello and welcome to the uh, commentary for Kingery Season 5, Episode 6, Under New Management. Uh, I'm joined here with uh, Pete Milan. Uh, Milan, sorry. Um, and Hi everybody, how you doing? This is the, the commentary. I'm a little out of it right now, but that's alright. We'll get through this. <laughs> you know it's going to be a great commentary when it starts off with that phrase, folks. We'll get through this. Yeah. Just hold on. Just hold on to each other and love each other. Hold on tight. We're, we're going to make it. Stay alive no matter what occurs. I will find you. Alright, so right now we are listening to the previouslys. Um, yes. And, uh, so tell us a little bit about this, uh, episode under new management. I, I think we know what that means, but, uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, this is the episode where, uh, the, uh, the plot of, uh, the main arc of the, uh, of the season sort of kicks in. Well, I guess the, uh, the second main arc, cause the first main arc was Tommy, uh, Tommy being out of the picture and the rest of the Kingery crew trying to, uh, figure out how to, how to work around that. And uh, the rest of this, we see, uh, you know, Tommy still out of the picture, but them coming up with a with a brand new workaround in the form of Tom. I just have to say that in the previous leagues, I had to put uh, uh, the captain's uh, whole spiel, because I, I love that. I love that at the tail end of uh, the last episode, where he's just like, get your damn hands off of me, as he's being let out of the courtroom. <laughs> That's a lot of screaming there, Mike. Wow. <laughs> yes, it was. He did a great job. All right. So where are we? Are we in the first? Uh... I believe so. We are in the. There oh, yep. we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this is in the script as the sound of a group of depressed people wondering what to do next. Someone blows on a party favorite ejectedly. Yeah. So we had uh, Catherine Pride uh, as Tithia, Shane Nolan as Debbie, Carl Glassmeyer as Asa, and M. Ciro Garcia as Major, and we'll have uh, Perry Whittle as Hooks, and Bernadette Groves as uh, Cassandra Arkell. Yes. Yes, indeed. Everybody's all um, together. All together having the opposite of fun. Um... It wasn't really established at the end of the last episode that uh, Tommy was uh, going on the run. Um, so rather, you know, rather than just show him, you know, was sneaking onto a uh, onto a ship or something, we just sort of uh, picked up from in medias res. Yeah, I, well, I I think this scene actually did set it up because. You know, we were left with, oh, uh, I guess we'll just see Tommy the next episode. But now, you know, they're all sitting here waiting for him, and he's not showing up. Yeah. And Cass sort of acting like the uh, the voice of reason uh, for once. Yep. And uh, Tithia uh, showing her annoyance with the entire situation. Well, I mean, can you really blame her? <laughs> no, no, I can't. And that's something that's going to come uh, come back over the uh, the remainder of the uh, of the season. We're shaking it up, folks. We're shaking up personalities and things. That, that actually made this uh, episode very uh, easy to mix because it was something that, you know, I was invested in listening to as well as putting it all together because everything was shaken up. You know, everybody's personality was slightly different this episode. Yes. So you did a great job, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of, this is the second... Uh this is Ace's, uh, the second Ace scene where we see, uh, 
different different side of Asa, a, a side with cash. <laughs> and we have uh, who do we have here? We have uh, Michael Berganzi playing Shrevy, who's the cab driver. Shrevy, who named after the cab driver friend of Lamont Cranston from The Shadow, because I needed a cabbie name, and that was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> Yes, it was very surprising when he sticks his finger on that pad, and then he's got money. Apparently, he's got a lot of money. <laughs> also said it probably wouldn't last more than a few weeks. And then we go back to the so-called party, and they're discussing uh, uh, what to do. Yeah. How we're gonna Frankenstein up us, uh, Frankenstein ourselves up with Tommy. Something to work on. Talking about Tommy, I killed from 15 years ago with gaps in his brain that have been pasted over with. It could be worse than having him gone. <laughs> I don't see how that could possibly go wrong. Now get it done. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But in the meantime, I got my guys looking And coming up we have just possibly the most horrible thing I've ever had to record and I have no one no one to blame but myself. <laughs> oh, this was interesting to mix though. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it was. <laughs> oh, I've had to do this sex Oh, boy. Oh, oh you don't want to hear that. No one wants to hear that. I, I know from experience no one wants to hear that. I've, I've been shushed. Anyway. Oh, yeah, so we have, uh, let's see, who do we have? We have Scott, we have, uh, Pl- uh, Scott P. playing Carl, uh, Kimberly Giannopoulos playing uh, Dorinda, uh, Anna Rodriguez playing Monica, and uh, we'll hear uh, Deborah Adams playing Sonata coming in here. And uh, one of the, you know, I don't, I don't even want to know what uh, what the uh, logistics is of this particular uh, uh, foursome uh, is, but uh, I did want to, I did want to have uh, a guy in there because, you know, we've we've sort of established over the course of the series that it's the future, and you know. Really, sexuality is sort of is very fluid for everybody, but we've mostly seen that from uh, from women and not so much from uh, the male characters. So, uh, yeah, Tommy enjoys uh, cuddling up with a gentleman every once in a while. To be honest, I was quite surprised in the script that there wasn't an alien in that mix. Well, it's uh, mentioned in uh, in uh, Madame Sonata's uh, rap here. Yeah, yeah. And I loved some of your takes on the uh, Tommy. Like I, I purposely cut and paste some of the the more drunkish uh, uh, <laughs> comments or uh, dialogue in there. Like when you're like, uh, more more whores, yeah. more whores, and the finest meats and cheeses. Bring them to me. <laughs> and uh, we are, uh, you know, we're seeing that uh, this entire, you know, Tommy's been sort of been taking the uh, entire thing seemingly very casual for the uh, past five episodes, and you know, we start to see that uh, now he's uh, he's been pretty screwed up by the entire thing. Yeah, yes, definitely. But you know. To be honest, we haven't seen Tommy really, you know, relieve any stress. No, we really haven't. I mean, this is, this, 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 I think this is this would be normal for somebody who dealt with that kind of stress. I mean, this is how he does. He goes, he goes to the uh, the best possible uh, house of courtesans he possibly can, and that's what that's uh, kind of what I wanted uh, this place uh, to be. I don't know if it comes across in the script. You know, shenanigans is like you know. Is like a Sherwin Williams, and this place is Leonardo da Vinci's house. If if you get the analogy, mm-hmm. 
like shenanigans, they'll 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 get it done. They'll take care of you. You'll you'll be satisfied. But this is where you go when you want you know something really good. Anyway. Well, and then it also brings up an interesting thing how you had uh, the male in there. So Tommy wasn't really upset that he was sleeping around with a guy. He was upset that he was sleeping with Yamada. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good way of putting it, yes. Even though it wasn't Yamada. It was Betty, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yep. And uh, we've got uh, Major and Hooks now. And uh, <laughs> This was a funny scene. I admitted uh, in the writers' room, like, look, this scene. There is absolutely no reason for this scene to be here. I just wanted a scene with uh, Major and Hooks uh, just uh, shooting the shit for no readily apparent reason. As long as he doesn't bite. I thought it was a good uh, comedic breakup of the episode. Do we have enough yeah. room in the back for the clone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> enough room for the clone. I love Major uh, or uh, M had some great takes for that line with like, what do you think I do? Just drive around with a body in the car all the time in case I need one. <laughs> <laughs> case I need a spare or something. And then the tail end is, you know, where she's like, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I, I'm an executive. I have people killed. I don't kill them anymore. And here was my favorite scene uh, to write. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maddie and Socks and uh, Tithy and Debbie. Yes, we have uh, Maddie played by uh, Alicia Lane Pickens. Alicia Lane Pickens. Yep. And uh, Socks by uh, Renee Christine Jones. And uh, I think they, uh, the two of them, must have uh, must have consulted on their uh, on their improvs there because uh, you'll I'll, I'll point it out when it comes up. Um, the 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 uh, in the outline it, what we had here was the, that Maddie uh, meets Socks at Shenanigans and sort of starts bonding with her. Um, I wanted to I you know a lot of the Socks stuff uh, I added in because Socks has been such a punching bag for this show for the past you know the past five episodes she's just been just getting her ass kicked metaphorically speaking so long I wanted to have you know hand her a little bit of of a of a victory. We all have to do things we don't want to do. Do you have any idea how many objects I've had shoved up my ass over the years? Yeah. Now, Renee gave some great uh, ad-libs here for what they were actually doing to her, but there was only one that really referenced what they were shoving up her, so well, <laughs> that's what I, I went with. Well, in my, in my head, that's just an object lesson. I don't think, you know... As I was writing the script, I wasn't, I like you know, I don't, I wasn't thinking that, you know, anything was being shoved up there, but, uh. Poor socks. This is probably the most explicit script I've written yet. <laughs> Actually, I think they've been pretty explicit this season. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're you know we're five uh, seasons and we don't care anymore. Yeah. I <laughs> know Yeah. The the that that right there uh, between Maddie and Socks, uh, it was you know. In the script, it's just why. What do they want you to do? Socks whispers in Maddie's ear. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love having uh, Tithia just sort of heckling from the sidelines. Yep. 
do it. She does that a lot, though. Client, she doesn't want, are you? What? Because that's a quick way to get. I love, I love how Maddie sticks up for socks here. Yeah, I, I, it's in. Uh, I wanted to put it in that you know she's not you know sort of gloating or using you know any any cop power. In this it's just you know sort of letting everybody know what's what. Um, and, uh, that was another thing I kind of wanted to establish, you know, cause, you know, this is the far flung future where pretty much any fetish can be, uh, can be catered to, but, uh, there are still creeps and, uh, there are still people to deal with the creeps. Now, see, you may not, you may, may have not, uh, you may have not written it this way, but I viewed it as Maddie trying to get on Sox's good time because she wanted some, uh, or good side because she wanted some time with Polly. No, that was, uh, the, as, as written, it's, that's not really, uh, you know, that was just her, you know, not wanting the entire place to get closed down. I don't think it was specifically to do with, uh, with Polly. No big. I'd hate to have this place closed down now that I'm off the force. Where else am I going to relax? You quit being a cop? Oh, Maddie, Maddie, you walked right into that one. As we'll find out very soon. Yes, we will. With a hell of a lot of marketable skills couple more months on this planet, I'll be out of money unless I find something new. Hmm. Uh, nothing's come up yet. I don't know. I have a couple of ideas. Ah, uh, socks with her couple of ideas. Is my phone telling me if there's a King Ray Chet in... in oh, now. Oh, that's all right. I'll just... Uh, I'm paying attention, honestly. All right, that's fine. I'll do the talking. <clears throat> <laughs> and then <laughs> I basically have uh, socks repeat what she said, <laughs> and I love Tithia's response to this. Okay, see, this is why I stick to toys. <laughs> you people are fucked up. <laughs> I think Tithia's the only character who hasn't had any sort of love interest at all during the entire series. Well, I don't know. Um, there was the guy who worked at uh, um, Seoul. I can't remember his name. Yeah, neither can I, and that sort of tells you uh, how far that went. Yeah, it didn't go far, but it, it felt like there's something that could have been there. Uh, uh, here we have uh, Deborah Adams. No, no, no. We have, uh, oh, uh, Carissa McCain, a newcomer to the Kingery, playing Brooke. Brooke. Tommy, time to wake up, darling. And uh, this is, you know... Uh, I believe the compliment I received from Renee for this was that, you know, I write just the nicest hookers ever. <laughs> hey. Again, these are, uh, these are artists. Yes, I mean, Tommy's paying some big bucks. They better be nice hookers. I know. I don't look quite right. <laughs> and here we have good old Asa now dressed up. And now, Carl gave a bunch of, uh... Uh, ad libs for the ha kind of hat he was wearing, <laughs> and I, they just none of them fit perfectly. But it was uh, when a, uh, a gag reel comes out, those will definitely be added to it. It was just it was hilarious what, the different types of hats he was wearing. George Carlin reference there. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? You and I need to talk about some things. Life. Your life and what you're going to do with it. 
What I, I'm, I'm a little weirded out is, how did Asa know where to go? I'm sure we'll find out later on, but... Uh, the, uh, yeah, sure. Sure you will, of course. And how he knows that Miss Sonata has a French roast that'll cure the death? Well, he's been there before. Yes, of course he yeah, has. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and uh, and this is all uh, this is all uh, Alicia's uh, improv here. Yeah, she was humming first, but I, I, when like there was a lot of humming in the take she gave, and then she broke into this thing like I'm waiting for a party, you know. And I was just like, oh my god, I gotta fit that in somehow. <laughs> and here we have Steve and Liz. Yeah, we have Peter Cat playing Steve and uh, Deborah Adams making her second appearance uh, as uh, Liz this time. Room 12, but... Oh, good. I hope so. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the king ray, putting the screw in screwball comedy. I don't... I am? <laughs> You're just lovely. Very healthy looking. You must work out. Well, yes, I do, but... You remind me of one of my favorite <laughs> sisters. Oh... Yeah, and uh, I like the, uh, the the description I, uh, I cooked up because I, in I, in the writers' room I thought uh, the others were uh, sort of thinking that these Steve and Liz here were you know elderly, and they're not. They're like you know you know late forties, early fifties. They're like and the description I think that went out in the casting call said they're like a couple in one of those uh, you know Sintas or, or Viagra or you know other mm-hmm. Wang pill commercials where you know. Yeah, I believe it was still looking Viagra. good, still holding together. <laughs> Sitting in uh, matching bathtubs outside, as 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 you do. Yeah, and uh, this was actually probably the the hardest scene to mix in this episode, just because I wanted uh, Liz and Steve to pretty much be ignoring Maddie's uh, comments as they're just talking. So they're all they're all talking over each other and yep. just got that bam 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 uh, rhythm to it. Yep. But like it isn't really just bam 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 bam. There's actually spaces in there, and I had to figure out where to put the spaces so the dialogue flowed correctly. <laughs> and she catches herself. I'm not going to yes. be a hooker. Uh, yeah, in the script, it's uh, catches herself before she says whore. But, you know, Socks wouldn't care. Socks knows she's a whore. Well, you know, I, we've you know, sort of established that the girls at Shemekins don't really like to be called that. That was in uh, like a season two script, I think. Possibly season three. I just, I just know that the whole point of when she became Polly, she's like, why am I a, a, a fucking whore? I don't want to be a whore. I even haven't even had my own whore yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, now she's been working there for a while, and uh, you know, she's adjusted. Now she's kind of running the place. She's the head whore. <laughs> I apologize, folks. Do why don't you join me in number fourteen? I'll take good care of you, okay? Well, all right, I suppose. She's a bit cranky. I'm not cranky. You're always cranky. Don't you ever relax? That's kind of why I came here. <laughs> okay, um. you got anger issues, all right? Hey, hey, you ever thought of being a dom? <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, 
you uh, you switched that up from the script because in the script uh, she uh, Maddie slams the door in her face. But I I guess you know. Is this him? It didn't have... so- it didn't sound good with uh, that comment through the door, the filtered th- ah. through the door. So I, I played around with it, and I really like the way it it came out more without the slamming of the door. Like okay. Maddie is just like, uh, she's I don't view her slamming the door. I just she's pissed off. Now we're going to meet yeah. Tom. <laughs> Tom and. Uh, I remember when I, I suggested uh, using, you know, we, we had talked about using Tommy 2.0 at some point, uh, I think in an earlier season, and uh, I remember bringing, bringing him up uh, in the writer's room, and the whole time, like, yeah, we could uh, bring this, you know, we could have a clone, and this, and that, and that, and the whole time in the back of my head saying, shut up, shut up, you're going to have to record two characters for these long-ass scripts, shut up. <laughs> Oh yeah, you get hit with that on the next episode. I know that. Oh yeah. I haven't told you how good it is to see the two of you working together. Yeah, it's really great, Tom. I love Shane. Tom. Yeah, and uh, I definitely uh, wanted to establish that uh, Tom doesn't have that rasp the way uh, that Tommy does. You know, doing two characters with that same voice uh, mm-hmm. killed me. <laughs> Of course, Debbie thinks he's. Who's the new guy? <laughs> and that is the end of the episode. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and uh, I should let you talk because you're the you're, you're doing it. Well, uh, thank you, everybody. Um, Right now we have uh, Bruce Busby reading the credits for us. And uh, thank you, uh, Pete. This was a, a great uh, episode to mix and to listen to. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, I guess the next time we will hear you is the 11th episode? The 11th episode, which I am going to... I'm in the writer's room uh, right now, and they're about to start telling me why it's bad. So. Uh, multitasking. Yes. <laughs> All right, then. Well, uh, thank you, Pete, again, and we will see you all next month. See you later. All right. Okay, we are out. Original music composed by David Alexander McDonald, directed by Christopher Stoddard, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2012, Pendant Productions. The Kingery, created by Jeffrey Bridges, Susan Bridges, McCullough Eaton, John Harden, and Teresa J. McGarry. Copyright 2012, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.